Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. In a way, here we go. Hello again, and welcome to the Art and Business of Community Theater, a.k.a. the Monroe Community Players Podcast, featuring the Green Room Groupies, your favorite bunch of guys, and sometimes gals. I am your de facto host, David War. Not not that the guys are sometimes gals, <laughs> but sometimes we have gals in the... Never mind. Back up, back up. Cut <laughs> it, for God's sake. Um, I'm, again, I'm your de facto host, David War. Looking around the green room, I see... Oh, Robert Yeoman. Uh, Brian Burchett Ross. Ronald Roberts. And... Thank you once again for joining us. Um, I hope you joined us last episode for our discussion of New York and Broadway. And oh my God, that was a long episode. It was a long episode, but you know, I, I was surprised how you managed to cut it down to twenty minutes. So. <laughs> it's good value for the money. Good value for the money. I'm surprised too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. We know it went so long. Um, so this episode, um, because we, we, I don't know. Let's talk about some other things. Um, physicality. What does that mean? Oh, I don't know. Um, but talk about physical and acting. We have talked a few episodes ago. I, I can't remember when we talked about some of the comedy. Uh, we talked about Pratt Falls and being able to do things like that. But 27, I, I think. Yeah, probably. Um, but I was listening to another podcast, not actually related to acting, but hosted by an actor, um, uh, Sean Hayes. If you may have heard of him, Jack from Will and Grace and mm-hmm. many other things. Um, and uh, probably shouldn't plug other podcasts but i'm going to it's uh called hypochondriactor he and uh dr uh priyanka walla wally they talk about ailments and stuff they have stars on and you know you learn that they get sick just like the rest of us but anyway he was talking about physicality how that can affect your whole performance on stage and you know if you're not feeling well it affects your performance if you can only move in certain ways it affects your performance so this is beyond just you know can you do a pratfall or not? This is more like how does movement affect a character? So, for example, and I'm not even going to the extreme of let's say uh, it's a character that's normally not in a wheelchair, and and you have an actor who's in a wheelchair. I'm saying, you know, how does it affect your character if you're supposed to be a big bombastic character, and maybe you just don't feel good that day, mm. but the show's got to go on. Um, what might that do to your performance? Um, how well do you think you're covering up pain? Can you cover up pain on stage? Um, and unfortunately, I, I, I have a chronic illness, uh, Crohn's disease, which is thankfully now in remission, but I can think of many performance where I've gone, you know, basically almost thrown up on stage, um, where I hope I had covered it well, but I'm sure it may have had an effect on my performance. Um, I can't think of any specifics right now. But Ron just was looking at me. I, yeah, I have a story a little bit about how can you, can you cover up pain and things of that nature. So, uh, production of uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, the uh, actor who was playing Chief, which if you're familiar with it, is the um, mute Indian. And the gentleman that we got to play the part was a very tall man, probably six foot four, six foot five. And uh, the way that the Don River Actors Guild have their stage set up in the back is the risers you have to kind of go underneath to get over from one side to the other. And obviously it's dark, very dark. So he had come off stage from his first scene and uh, he was supposed to, he went off stage right and he had to come back on, on stage left. So he went around the back to go over to where he was supposed to be and did not duck down. Oh, wow. and and was walking full speed into a into a beam and split his head open oh my god right above his eyebrow and he was laying he was sitting down and the rest of us were waiting to go on and we noticed that there was blood all over the backstage we're like well what happened like well well pete you know hit his head we're like oh okay whatever you know didn't realize how bad it was so it gets to throughout the show they were able to stop it at one point um but then it, the, the final scene when uh, Chief kills RP, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling for anybody out there, I'm terribly sorry. He, he was choking him out. The blood just started pouring. 
and it started to drip onto the actor who was playing R.P. McMurphy. Actually got in his mouth. And it was just one of those moments where, I mean, the audience thought it was like, oh my, this is, this is crazy. How, you know, this is actually happening. It was one of those things where it, it was an accident, obviously, but they, the show, again, the show had to go on. And I remember it, it, when he came backstage and his, his costume was just caked. Oh and God. it was just, but it was unbelievable. And the fact that he was able to remain composed, number one. While bleeding out. And while bleeding out. I mean, it was, you know, but it was, and then when we talked to uh, RP, he's like, yeah, I'm laying there getting choked out and there's blood just pouring all over me. He's like, I don't know what I was supposed to do. So I just had to lay there. But <laughs> it was, uh, it was something to see. And the audience thought it was part of the show. Sure. Sure. So they were very disappointed when they came back the next night and it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm telling you, Ethel, it's a bloody fun time. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's something that Sending the nuns. Uh, <laughs> um, like, say, I, I know there have been shows where I've gone on in, in pain, but because the show has to go on. Um, I think we've had other stories of people hitting their heads or whatever and still getting up and going. Um, he must have had one heck of a headache, too. I can't imagine. <laughs> well, and, and blood's probably, i, I got to believe that the veins are close to the surface there, and it probably, hopefully, was worse looked worse than it really did he was. get right. stitches afterwards <sighs> you know i i i don't remember i want to say that he we wanted him to go but obviously from the high of performing and just mm-hmm. want you That's know true. everything he just kind of was a blur after that but i just yeah. i don't remember i remember the the copious amount of fluorescent tape being <laughs> applied backstage oh, I bet. After, after that, that yeah. so head wounds are notoriously uh, bloody anyway you can I've always been told you can get a little bit of a nick on your head and it'll bleed yeah, a lot yeah. more than well, certainly nosebleed is certainly oh yeah um, that um, I think you can equate it to some sometimes like athletics where in the high of the game yep an uh, athlete will injure themselves and not realize it how severe it is until the, until the game is over mm-hmm. uh, oh Ryan um, Ryan what's his name uh, who's afraid of no not that. Cat on a hot tamaru. Yeah, Ryan Nutter. Nutter, thank you. He cracked a rib during the show. Did he? And he got behind the chair and hid and tried to get his breath back. But I was in the audience. I didn't see anything. Then he comes off and I cracked a rib. I'm like, what? How the do you do that? But he did it. And he finished the show and we didn't know he had done it. Yeah. Wow. Well, a more recent one, I think. Now I do remember a time that I was in different pain. Gilligan's Island. Oh, yep. Oh, yep. yep, yep that's true. Yep, yep, um, yep. Prop that we were using came down on my head from up, up, up above in the uh, uh, whatever. I see. I'm, I still can't remember. We- <laughs> up from up in the uh, rafter rafter area. Yeah. Um, it went up, and somehow I must have been standing on the mark where it was supposed to come down, and bam, hit me right in the head. Thank goodness you were wearing that hat, though, because it probably, made, it probably yeah, it could have, have been a lot worse. A lot Because it was basically a metal bucket, and it could have possibly could have cut me. Um, so you're admitting that you missed your mark. Yes, I had to, obviously. There was no mark Somebody the missed the mark. <laughs> it was the prop. It was the, the prop, prop missed their mark. <laughs> okay, uh, just... <laughs> I don't remember seeing any taping. I don't think. I think it was promised like it needed to be marked on the floor because I I thought I was out of the way, but clearly I wasn't. After that, we knew. (laughs) (laughs) First time, shame on me. (laughs) I just played in the wings the rest of the show. (laughs) Where's that voice coming from? (laughs) But no. um, So so yeah, things happen during shows. Um, But injuries are a little different than what I was originally talking about. But but certainly, um, I was thinking more about okay. Let's say you have a character that is supposed to be very physical, um, or traditionally has been played very physically, um, running, active, maniac. But the only people you got trying out maybe just aren't able to be quite that active. Um, you know, because in community theater, we we do not always have the luxury of having the perfect person for a part. Right. Um, you know, and it's like, here's, you know, I need a 40-year-old man, but only a 50-year-old guy with a bad knee shows up. Yeah. Well, at what point, though? Do you say you can't cast him? Right. I don't know. I, you know. When it becomes so obvious that they should not be playing it, that's that would be the point. When you're actually questioning it that much, then I would lean toward lean toward not casting 
to save yourself. Mm-hmm. That would be my, as a director, that's what mine would be. Yeah. Because you can always have another week or so to go beat the bushes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. have and mm-hmm. have an honest conversation with the actor or actress who wants to play the 19-year-old ingenue when she's 44. And this has happened with us. Mm-hmm. It's got to be, you have a hard talk. When, I'm sorry, but you're no longer an ingenue. You're a dame. And I don't mean dame is is a negative so but a grand dame not in the guys dame. not in the guys and dolls sense exactly hey or is it south pacific there ain't nothing like a dame there ain't nothing like a dame that's <laughs> south pacific yeah. south pacific yeah 1940s sort of <laughs> gangster thing a lot of a lot of a uh, slang but that's what i would think when it gets to the point when you're actually questioning whether you should or not probably not and beat the bushes and then cut, circle back if you have to. I do think that uh, you can, with some of that physicality, if you, uh, if your actors and your director are um, seasoned enough, you can work around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who were listening to the last uh, podcast and my voice for a long time, the character of Lennox in uh, Macbeth yeah. uh, I mentioned uh, was played by a gentleman uh, who was in a wheelchair um, and his name was Michael Patrick Thornton he played Lennox and he also played one of the murderers uh, who killed the, the king and I was very curious on how they were going to pull that off uh, but he actually there was two murderers and the first one kind of was the one who kind of got him down maybe it wasn't the king there were there was a couple murders no i take that back it was the murder when he when they murdered uh uh mcduff's uh wife and all that uh, in act two mm-hmm. um there were two murders the first murder basically was the one to knock him down and then the guy in the wheelchair rolled up and slit their throats so i mean they they he could do they did it but they just had to stage it they staged it in a way to take advantage of the physicality as opposed to exactly without allowing it to be a a hindrance exactly um because again you know people in the wheelchair have different you know, one they can enter probably more silently than somebody clumping their feet along mm-hmm. um uh yeah that's that's intriguing <laughs> and and I think something we want to do in theater is to have people, especially community theater, because we are community. Um, you want to have people of all sizes, shapes, and abilities in your productions. Sure. Um, you know, just I don't know exactly how far you go on that, though. Sometimes, um, and you know, let let's say, for example, if you're, I'll go back to Gilligan's Island. You know. I think because of television, what we know who originated the characters, you're always looking for a skipper and a little buddy, mm-hmm. somebody who tends to be smaller than the skipper. What if that doesn't come through the door? You know, you know can you play with a smaller sk- a skipper who's smaller than Gilligan? You know, at, at what point do you draw that line? Well, it, it, then it becomes almost that. Is it attitude? Well, right. And I, it always goes back to when it, you always joke that the six foot five guy's nickname is Tiny. Yeah. Right, yeah. so the little buddy is actually, you know, it, so it, it could work. Yeah, but it inherently has changed right. the script without right, just because of the physicality of who you had to right. who you had to cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. I could see that working. Actually, I can see that working now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you know, uh, so but I guess to circle back, does it go back to knowing what your group has? So maybe you don't pick shows that you think you uh, there we go because lord knows we've all done this just pick shows where you won't have a problem casting it right right uh, mm-hmm. which which of course i think is what we don't want to do okay exactly. I, I think you want to put the show out there and see who maybe you can attract a new group of actors and actresses if we're still using those terms um, i think we tend to use just actors now yeah just, just actors that. male actors <laughs> um you know if we're all actors you know you throw that out there and see who shows up okay if you're only doing shows for the usual gang, you're only going to get the usual gang, and eventually the usual gang isn't going to be there anymore. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe purposely you pick shows that the usual gang can't do. 
Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Now, speaking of physicality, uh, we did a show many, many years ago, and I, and let me just say, let's pause because I may have to cut this out okay. just in case. Just in case, because it's a, now you can't because you know it's not awesome. dirty, oh, folks. I, it's just <laughs> funny. <laughs> no, it's not dirty or funny. It's just it, it, it popped into my head when we were talking when we did Camelot. Mm-hmm. The gentleman who played Arthur was an ex. A, he was a big man, a very big man. Yes. Um. So there was a little bit of a physicality issue. I yes, I did not cast the typical young stud yeah well i don't think arthur has to be a young stud but but at the same i think i think arthur could be a 56 year old bald guy to be totally honest who shaved his head who shaved his head thank you very much if you shaved your head i mean people have been known to shave their heads for certain parts and amazing not mentioning anything you know but somebody did for and also you get them turned around they kind of look like a baseball (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's there you go because he's got stitches from gilligan's island <laughs> but um but there was a but bit of right. a physicality yeah, I, alteration I, in that i did not pick a uh, a slim person mm-hmm. no but it still worked but but yeah well, and, and 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 interestingly enough of course I, I also went with the december may romance kind of thing too yes you did uh the, the guinevere was was considerably younger than than our arthur I think she was 12. Uh, <laughs> no, she wasn't. She wasn't, folks. Sorry. She wasn't that medieval. No. <laughs> um, Soundtrack but no, by but, Jerry but, Lewis. But my, my, my thinking, because I directed that show, <sighs> um, my thinking was when I cast him, I cast actually in that, that case as much for voices and acting ability. But I also said, here's how I could justify it in my head. Um, you know, the marriage is clearly a marriage of treaty. Mm-hmm. Contract, you know, Guinevere didn't show up because she was so madly in love with Arthur. Mm-hmm. She showed up because she had to marry him. Right. If I remember that, how that went well. Mm-hmm. So she didn't have a choice whether she was young, old, or whatever. It was like, okay, yep, you won, you get the spoils, and our spoils happens to be the our daughter. Right. Um, that's how it worked among royalty once upon a time. Exactly. Um, Just so happens that they actually did end up caring for each other. Oh, do look around you, my lady. Until uh, reconsider. Until a certain Frenchman came along, but the but that was the whole thing. Um, so so I, in my view, I justified it based on what I knew from the script. Um, and again, physicality because Arthur, you know, he this, I, I saw this, the role as a king towards the later years of his life, also a prosperous king. And once again, if you go back to those ages, who were the prosperous people? Well, they tended to be heavier than the serfs sure. and the others. Um, the, you know, his his days of questing was over. Were mm-hmm. over, sure. so he was enjoying the fruits of his labor at that point. So, in my head, I could justify it. Um, and that's a case where, as a director, um, I chose not to pay that much attention to the physicality because, in my head, I could justify that physicality. Now, certainly, there are some times would that have worked if it had been a traditional romantic comedy? Mm. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, people, audiences like to see in a romantic comedy. I think, in all things being equal, they would prefer to see an attractive young couple fall in love. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but doesn't mean they should if they're just interested in seeing two people fall in love. Exactly. Now, I would say that I was actually a benefit of something similar to that. So when we did our old place the last time, um, in my mind, Jeff Finley was going to be more than my Brewster. I mean, when I saw him try out, the man's a phenomenal actor. And I just figured that's, that was his role. And uh, then when I got the phone call from Brad Bowman and cast me, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And it was because the uh, individual who was cast to play... um, Elaine? Yes, thank you. Uh, The age difference would be too great in Brad's mind between Mm -hmm. uh, Elaine and and, uh, Mortimer if it was played by Jeff Finley. So that's where I, I lucked out and got the part. But to me, so, you know, all things being equal... That should have been Jeff Finley, but again, that was because of the another casting decision. So, well, and sometimes physicality then really does will work in an actor's favor in a way they don't expect it, mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Yes. Well, and and knowing the two actors in question here, and I'm not hopefully no one in this room takes offense at anything, but certainly that changed how Mortimer was played. Absolutely. Um, Jeff being taller, thinner 
kind of could have brought that more of that original kind of the Cary Grant wildness mm-hmm. with the long limbs and everything that she would not bring um, because you know you, you don't wouldn't be able to flail about quite the same right. way. <laughs> you could still flail about, right. but but it didn't have quite the same effect, mm-hmm. um, the comedic effect. Yep. Um, so that that's yeah, but that's true. That visit now the physicality of just sheer age, because I think we all like to think, hey, so what if I'm sixty? I can still play Paul and barefoot in the park. Uh, you know the young newlywed couple. Mm. Well, the reality is, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> because age is no, I can't. <laughs> yep. But I've done that role too, so you know I've done. Uh, Mr. Belasco is more fun though, and you can play him anyway. Uh, <laughs> you can be eighty with that role, I think. <laughs> Belasco, Belasco. Um, but anyway, but it's the kind of thing where yeah, age does come into a matter. I I was cast in. Um, it came from Mars, done as Slita Rep. I was older than the woman who was originally cast in the role, um, still older than the woman who, who had, she had to drop out, so we replaced it with uh, uh, Kathleen McBee, our, our, our good friend. Um, Shout out to Kathleen. Love you. Love still here. She's still, still with here. us. And so is Jeff Finley. He's still <laughs> she, was, she was cleaning the bathroom at the new player's place with me yesterday, in fact. So. Oh, that's nice. How exciting. Um, we got the tar off. <laughs> Yay. Players that clean together, stay together. Stay together. <laughs> um, but but again, the director said, yep, I can see, again, kind of a more of a December-May romance kind of thing here. Um, you know, because the reality is older men sometimes marry younger women. Doesn't... I, it sometimes happens the other way around, but there are boy I, toys with sugar yeah. mamas. But I would say, mm-hmm. but, but there are you know audiences are more accepting of older. I mean, if we use Hollywood as example, apparently every seventy-year-old geezer gets a thirty-year-old hot. That's what I'm holding up check. for. It's in <laughs> Sean Connery's contract. <laughs> Seriously, that his co-stars should be approximately fifty-five years younger than him. Wow, really. Well, good for him. That I know. It's like he got up there in years, and he got up there in status, and made that much money for them. Give him what the man wants. Soundtrack by Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> but yeah, so age, age is a physicality, too. But age also affects how the performance goes as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, some of you haven't discovered it yet, but sometimes we don't move quite as gracefully as we used to when we mm-hmm. were in our 20s. Yeah, It's falling with style. <laughs> falling with style. Absolutely. No, and then, yeah, you're right, because, I mean, uh, even the, I'm thinking of uh, rumors, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was having, you know, I've, I've had back issues now for about a good 10 years, but, and once, when it goes out, it takes a long time for me to recover. And there was some moments during rehearsals that I just could barely get moving. And, uh, I do think I, those last, that last scene that I did, uh, that I, my character does, uh, in the show with that two page monologue where I'm running around the stage right and left. I think if I had done that role 10 years earlier and I, i'm not saying i did a bad job because i don't think i did a bad job but i know 10 years before i could have really uh, sold that a lot more because i wasn't there was always a part of me in the back of my mind and it's probably doesn't this is why i'm not as great of an actor as others that part of me going be careful what you're doing be careful what you're doing because you gotta throw your back out right now you're not only you know, messing yourself up, you're going to mess the actors up, you're going to mess the audience up, you're messing the show up. So, yeah, there's, there, you know, definitely age has a lot to do with it, especially when your body just doesn't behave like you want it to. And I think that's a good point because I think people hear physicality and they assume, oh, I'm going to be moving, I'm going to be picking things up, I'm going to be doing this. No, it's physically, sometimes just physically moving around the stage. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're doing that for two hours or two and a half hours, it takes a lot out of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people don't realize that, oh, well, I'm just I'm just moving from this part of the stage to this. Yeah, but if you're doing it multiple times through rehearsal, through everything else, if you're not able to do that, yeah. it, it... And certainly, because I've certainly cast shows where... Um, I've had actors who, who, though they were great in how they delivered lines and everything, they just could not move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they had lost that. I still may have cast them, even though they spent most of their time sitting on a couch because I wanted that energy they brought to their voice as much as anything. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it changed how the play was interpreted then because typically in a show, we don't want people who are just sitting. 
um, at least I don't. Um, as I think I've mentioned before, Bob and I were at a CTAM, a Community Theater Association of Michigan workshop pen, uh, run by Penny Notter, who was over at Grand Rapids Civic, um, said, you know, there are no chairs in fairyland. People like to see movement on stage. They don't like to see people just sit. Now, there are some scripts that unfortunately pretty much call for people just to sit and talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call those snoozers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we don't, but, but something. <laughs> oh, yes, we do. The Tony Awards calls them deep dramas. <laughs> but, but, but I think the reality is, you, mm-hmm. you, you know, we, we as people uh, are more attracted to movement just like cats. <coughs> yeah, we got it in. <laughs> so it's, it's that kind of thing. But yeah, so, so you can change that whole thing. Like um, the thing we we're talking about, you know, maybe it's a show as simple as The Odd Couple. Well, there's actually a chase scene or two in The Odd Couple. If Felix, for example, can't move, and Oscar's supposed to chase him out of the bathroom. How does that happen? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or around the couch. How does that happen? You know, um, where do you make those adjustments to keep the f- the funniness that might be normally inherent in the physical comedy mm-hmm. when you don't have an actor who can do it? And likewise, um, you know, and I haven't even we haven't even gotten to the people with different abilities. For example, um, I, you know, I think there's almost any play can be. Any show can be done by most anyone, mm-hmm. but but is is there a line to draw, or is it something that the director can always accommodate? You know, does it always have to be a pratfall down the stairs? It does if its noise is off. It does if its noise is off. Right, and that's written right in the script. Yeah. Yes, and I see no way around that. No. Um, yeah, and yeah. again, how do, you know if if one of your people's in a wheelchair and they're supposed to climb in through a window, how do you deal deal with that? Um, acting, I think we've said before, directing and acting. Directing is one of the places where you can typically discriminate discriminate against a person for any reason whatsoever mm-hmm. because they don't fit the part. Mm-hmm. But I think the challenge that we probably have at community theater is we should be thinking, how can they fit the part as opposed to how can't they fit the part? Right. And I wonder if we all had that mindset, how can we make this work, if that would change things. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, would that open doors for people who traditionally might never get on stage? Mm-hmm. Just, just my thought. It's dead silence in there. You know, I talk so much in the last episode. I'm just trying to take a break. <laughs> there we go. You guys do it. it I'm, you know. Yeah, and the ice is broken because we've we've gone as. <clears throat> And, you know, we never know in these podcasts when we're going to get ourselves into trouble by talking. <laughs> um, but we've gone. We kind of do. But <laughs> I think we in the theater have gone beyond gender being a barrier. We have gone yep. beyond mm-hmm. um, race being a barrier. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe physicality is that next barrier. Can we somehow go beyond that? Sounds like on Broadway they've maybe made that step. They're, they're doing um, it. Yeah. Um, you know, certainly we've seen shows where they've switched everybody's gender left and right. Mm-hmm. Um but still played it as if everybody was the gender they were. We did that ourselves um, in the production of Tempest that Brad Bowman directed. You know, our, one of our kings was a woman. Yeah. Didn't really diminish the play mm-hmm. um, because she delivered the lines as the king should. Well, and with uh, one, again, with Macbeth that I saw last month on Broadway, uh, Banquo uh, was a woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the and it, it worked. The, the comments that, you know, of the witches, you're... Your children will, you know, you will have children that'll, you know, be be kings, I believe, or whatever, or be royalty. Still worked, whether Banquo was a guy or a girl. Yep, it worked. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think in a, in something like Shakespeare, mm-hmm. I think it's written in such a way that you can almost look beyond gender anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, it's whoever happens to be there. I mean, I guess I'd have trouble with Lady Macbeth being played by a man, <clears throat> but I don't know. But in theory, why maybe not? A, maybe a trans. I could see it as well. I don't. I don't know. I don't. To me, <sighs> it's the costume. It's, yeah, costumes are big. Well, and we've discussed in previous shows how costuming affects characterization too, and costume is part of the physicality, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially I, I if it's a period a piece, and that costume may be hindering your movement because of the way clothing was. Mm-hmm. Muscles get in the way. <laughs> you can't go downstairs very quickly in a huge skirt. Mm-mm. No, you can't. Well, you can come down quickly and survive. Ron knows. (laughs) Ron knows. I do. (laughs) Oh, the pain. The pain. pain. (laughs) Uh, No, I... 
I think uh, at this point, I th- at this point, I think anything's open as long as, again, you've got a, a, a director who's seasoned enough to be able to look at it and say, here's how we get around this. Yeah. Here's how we take care of this. Yeah. Like I said, who says we can, not we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And I, again, I think that speaks to the mission you know, of community theater. If community theater is said to have a mission, mm-hmm. if, if we are truly about the community, we should try to bring as many people in from the community as we can, and that means on stage as well as in the audience. Yep. Um, I think that might, I don't know, I may be wrong, but that may ruffle a few feathers out there. Well, we live in an age where everybody's feathers get ruffled because <laughs> the wind blew the wrong way. So, and I'll probably cut that. Okay. <laughs> eh. Yeah, and the only barrier I, I think that exists is the one that you put up yourself. Yeah. You know. Very well said. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who said that, Mark Twain? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Some guy. Some dude wearing Some a shirt. <laughs> or it could have been a woman wearing a shirt. I don't know. There you go. I mean, they all wore shirts. Everybody wears shirts. Yeah. Blouses, shirts, whatever you call them. They're all the same thing. It's all the same. Yeah. Okay. Unless you're working at King Henry VIII up in well, you know, it's true. Don't get that reference, and I'm not sure I want to. No. Uh, Bill, Bill, Bill McCluskey, if you're listening, yeah, you know. Bill knows? He knows. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you after we turn this mic off. Because <laughs> I'm not telling you now. We just mentioned Bill. I'm not Although I don't know. I mean, considering, uh, you know, our most popular post on Facebook is about nudity and, and, and foul language. So. Well, that's true, too. Who knows? That's true, too. So we probably should mention nudity several more times. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, that seems to get everyone's attention. And just so people know, pants are optional on this podcast. Sadly, that is very true. It, 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 it is true. We're, we're all choosing to wear pants right now. Yes, but we do. It's optional. You, you'll, you well, folks, I'm half pants. I'm oh, wearing shorts. Dave was wearing I'm, I'm wearing shorts too. But oh. folks, you'll know if the pants optional goes the other way because some of us probably won't be here. <laughs> probably walked right back out. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm out. Some of us are not past, today. Some of us are so fast carrying. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Are they clean? <laughs> <laughs> the pants, that is. The pants. The pants. Yeah. We could cut that out. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think this is going to sell. <laughs> uh, and some of it, we, we're just trying to figure out what Facebook algorithms work and which ones don't. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, good times. Good times. Yeah. Well, Bob's been quiet. You know, Bob, you're yeah, traditionally Bob. a very yeah, physical on, actor. What do you got? What? I don't have a transcript of that, and I'd like to see one before I comment. (laughs) Okay. How to kill a radio station dead. Have you ever had a situation, Bob, where you thought um, you had to work through pain on stage? Yeah, I had a delightful woman, Debbie Day, lover, peace out. (laughs) <laughs> who jumped on me and cracked my ribs during the producers. Uh, ooh. We lost ticket sales because of that. Yes, you we did. covered that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> we did? People walked out when they saw that happen, yeah, because, you know. They had kids. They had kids, and they had no idea that they were going to see that type of thing on stage. Oh, I thought there was the Joseph they were. No, 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 no. Who got jumped in Joseph? No. I never heard that one. <laughs> I don't know what. Oh, uh, there was someone who took offense yikes. to the fact that we tore um, Joseph's clothes off of him while the seductress, seductress Bathsheba or whatever her name is, seduces mm-hmm. Potiphar's him. Wife. Potiphar's wife. That's it. Mm-hmm. That I knew we got a telephone call on because it's ridiculous that you put that in. It's not confirmed by Bible verse. Blah, 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 blah. But it was confirmed by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and that's Yeah, that's that. basically what we did. It's like, well, we're sorry. We have your money. We're keeping it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's something I think people don't also don't understand is there's a difference between, and this has nothing to do with physicality, but there's a difference between what the playwright puts down and what the source material is. Mm-hmm. For example, and we talk a lot about TV shows, and we probably shouldn't because you know this is a theater broadcast, but um, <laughs> there's a now. show called Julia on HBO Max. Um, i got to see that. Which the characters strongly resemble people in Julia Child and in her life. But they're always very clear to say, inspired by the life of Julia Child. Mm-hmm. Make it, you know, to make it clear to you that 
these events may or may not have actually happened. Apocryphal. Yeah. The, these, well, not even that. They're saying they're filling in the, I, I listened to the accompanying podcast to that show as well. They're filling in the gaps between what they know. Mm. You know, they know, you know so much about a character, for example, in the Bible, but you don't know what happens between verse 17 and verse 18. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, a lot of source material, if you're doing anything historical, there are gaps. And if you're coming to a Broadway show for historical reference, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> well, and any more of the gaps, though. So, for example, you know, I wrote that play Upon the Heath. That was all about what happened between Acts 4 and 5 with Macbeth. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it was Act 4. Um, you know, why did Lady Macbeth decide to kill herself? Mm-hmm. She heard this podcast. <laughs> There, I said something controversial. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but but it, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like between or scenes within verse four, because we basically go. She goes to her chambers, and then it's like, my lord, lady, she's dead. Well, she should have died here or after. You know, time that, that, la- that funny, get the funny, ring. That real funny line. Yeah, she should have died here after. Yeah, get the ring. Well, it's just dawned on me between this episode and the last episode how many times we said Macbeth, and we are not doing a production of it. So. We'll see what happens with the curse. I think we pretty well proved. <laughs> <laughs> that was referenced when we saw it too, from the guy that introduced it. But I can't. He said something funny about it. But I can't remember what it was. Now that was three weeks, two, three weeks ago. I don't know. I don't know what I. Supposedly you're exempt if you're doing the doing no. Oh, the, the sh- if you're doing the, the show, show, you're exempt from the curse. Hmm. Because well, you have to say it because it's all over the script. But he didn't. He said it a lot and didn't roll off the stage. So I yeah. guess. So. so there you go. But again, um, which is kind of a tangent, though, still is is that yeah, um, filling in the gaps is what theater does. A lot of some, a lot of plays do, yeah. um, but not you know, you know, like. But as Bob said, <laughs> you don't come to the theater necessarily to learn a history lesson. No, Mm-mm. though sometimes we've tried to teach a little about history, but I think the goal would be is to go figure it out the real truth yourself. Hmm. And there are show, there are plays that that do. And we did do it a little bit better. Do more. It was uh, Brad Bowman who directed. um, Was it Brad or was it directed um, To Kill a Mockingbird? Mm -hmm. And we had Brad directed. I thought was that Patrick. I thought it was Norb. Norb was in. He was in it. He was was in it. He was the lead. Yeah, he was Atticus. Right, was Atticus. I don't remember. Oh, I should remember. Oh, Brad was Brad was my assistant. I directed that. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness! There it is. <laughs> I don't know. It was brilliant. It was a godsend. The only thing that could have improved it was confetti cannons, <laughs> which were in my car, and I forgot to true. bring them out. Yeah. Oh, good times. Oh yeah. But anyways, there. <laughs> Brad did uh, have a question and answer period afterwards. Yes. Oh, really? And he did that, and it was with uh, some high schoolers who came to see the show that were just so riveted by the whole thing. Yeah, I got some Swampland I can sell you, too. <laughs> no, it was a very no, was, well done it was, production. It was a very, very no, well No, I mean about the production. kids paying attention for the historical oh. Oh, well. references. Well, again, but, Mockingbird was a fictional event, but it wasn't really based on any any single historical event. Sure. It was a fantasy, really, for a scout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't... I'm uh, trying to think of other plays that were based well it, a lot of shakespeare is based on historical yeah. oh sure history but the know, twins clearly in the tower. diary of anne frank yeah oh yeah, yeah. that's who uh, wonder where lonnie is hmm. but uh, i think he's too old to play Anne now but yeah shakespeare filled in a lot of gaps <laughs> or took a lot of liberties with and, his, yeah. His, yeah with his you know was it the two boys in the tower and that was henry I've seen I've seen a, a movie called The Two Boys in the Tower, but I don't think we're talking about the same thing. No, it's a Shakespeare play. Mm-hmm. A horse, a horse, my kingdom for a horse. Well, there's probably King, a horse in that one too. That's, one that was, right. that's uh, Richard King Richard, isn't it? Richard Richard the third. Yeah, the one with the hump. Richard yeah. Richard the third. Yeah. 
he got a bad that was rap the with my the... discontent make glorious summer by the sun of york and all the clouds that lured, lured upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried Grim i had no idea i know oh we're going to well let me go back to mine oh do look around you my lady reconsider <laughs> camelot is unique <laughs> who do you got a beep in this town <laughs> Ron, your turn. <laughs> I got nothing. Somebody give us a baseball reference. Save this that's, man. That's At we... least I didn't break out into a song from Annie in which I played Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> I used to shave my head. So. Uh, I just get him in there because, you know, money gags. Well, and, and I think we've just figured out another uh, episode for a podcast. We'll just do a, a 50 minutes of audition pieces. <laughs> Actually, that's something you really should do. There, I don't know... I think we posted it to the web, the Facebook page, where there is information on how to audition for a show. Yes, it is mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. With, it is. It's a PDF to download that gives you tons of great information for all types of different auditions that you could be on and that your little ones could do and what to expect. And all that's online, free and uh, I think it's a reference to on our, uh, the Facebook page. Yes, MonroeCommunityPlayers.org. Yeah, Monroe yep. Because everybody wants to be on stage and everybody wants to be the star. Well, this is where you start learning. Yep. Actually, you start learning by helping us to clean the bathroom. It was a fame <laughs> reference. <laughs> That's true. I know what it is. <laughs> What I'm just saying is, is, is we got we got long places. We got lots of places you can get in, get in good with us. And everybody needs a maid. Yep. Da, 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 da. <laughs> God bless you. Did I get this song right? Yeah. Is that the title? Yeah. No, that's the name. Title. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was. Forum, I sang it, but which oddly enough was actually in one of the the eighth episode of Julia that I had just referenced. Julia's really? husband comes into the kitchen singing, "Everybody wants, yeah. everybody yeah. ought to have a maid." Da, 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 da. Because again, the show had just come out. Okay. And he found Julia cooking, so he oh, yeah, so. made a little joke about it, which that. was not well received. And that, yeah, well, that was one of the most difficult dance numbers oh, I ever remember doing. Talk about working through physical pain on stage. There you go. When you can't catch your breath, mm-hmm. because the choreographer decided, I think I have a cast of Broadway dancers <laughs> who are all highly trained and uh, do five miles of cardio every day, and and they, they so, can dance forever. And the music and, director in the pit is going. Tell me to play softer, will ya? Or slower. Or you're not hitting four, the right note. Or heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have experienced this. I, I've I've had this happen a couple times on stage too, and it's a very scary experience. Uh, actually, one time was um, just recently when we did. Uh, you can't take it with you. Well, that depends. No, I wasn't wearing those. Hey, but the um. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Hold on. Hang on. Are we doing... I'm, I might still have to if we ever do Camelot again. Anyway, um, the, it's a three-hour show. The uh, uh, Have you ever been on stage and suddenly just felt like so sick, like you're going to pass out, like dizzy, just kind of... That is a horrible, horrible yep. feeling. I, I had that. I've had that a couple of times. I've had that in... Uh, like I said, you can't take it with you. And then one other time, I think, when I was doing, I think, 5th of July up in... Uh, Ipsy. But uh, there's, and, and basically, I've attributed it to you spend all day doing stuff, you don't eat right, you don't get enough liquids, whatever, but you get on that stage and your adrenaline starts, the, the, the heart starts pumping a little bit more, and suddenly the whole world just seems to be doing this kind of woo-woo, and that's, that's scary. The producers, I went into basically blackout, I went blind. Um, Dan had Dan was in on stage at the same time, was basically guiding me over to where the little old ladies were, because mm-hmm. at least I could hold on to that and not fall over. Mm-hmm. And he came up and it, while I was hanging on to dear life, he came up and just went, "For God's sake, pull yourself together!" I'm like, well, that's a really shitty thing to say to somebody. <laughs> And we got through to that, and basically it was a combination. I had three costumes on. As you said, not eating, not drinking correctly for the week before. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just one night. It's the whole hell week. Yeah. 
it is and and that's a good thing to to for anybody uh, any actor i think when you're younger you can get away with it a little bit easier because mm-hmm. um, your metabolism's a lot different but i'll tell you for the, the older you get you got to take care of that body you got to make sure you're hydrated you got to make sure you're eating right because if you don't by the time you get on that stage you you know with those lights and with the you know your adrenaline all that it, it, well, you could go down and i think i would say take care of yourself when you're younger too well, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. want to have a long acting career, take care of yourself early because this sure. job is just implied. You know the physicality of being on stage and the rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. You know you're sometimes rehearsing three, four hours a night. If you're in a musical, you're it doing. It could be dancing. up to sixteen weeks. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should never be more than ten, but that's another discussion. <laughs> um, but still, you know, three to four nights a week, you're in. Say, on top you of your day job top of your day mm-hmm. job you you mm-hmm. should be eating properly taking some time if frankly doing meditation or whatever just to keep yourself calm pet your um, dog because people get freaked out <laughs> during shows um the emotions run high mm-hmm. um, because everyone is working hard to do their best thing and they want everyone else to do their best thing and and i you know i don't think it's a an exaggeration to say i've seen many a fight occur during the rehearsal process just because of stress oh yeah yep. and if, if you take you know take some time for deep breathing and everything but like say you're right brian stay fit mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know i'm not saying you have to have abs right um but stay as fit as you can um because can you, you get those from amazon now I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just don't order them off a wish. We, we, or, we ordered them for Beauty and the Beast from uh, <laughs> for our Beast right from Amazon. And I also uh, want to say too that if you're uh, if you're on stage and you see an actor do something that's not that that originally wasn't to be their blocking or whatever, again, you can't take it with you. When I when I had that moment where I thought I literally could probably pass out now, or I was to that point where I thought, all right, this could happen. I was supposed to be standing. I just sat down in the chair. I was talking to to Norb, who was playing Grandpa anyway. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to sit down, see if this helps. But I had an actor. We had an actor who was behind me whispering, that's not it. That's not it. Stand up. Stand up. And it's like, you don't know what's going on with me. So if you're an actor and you see somebody else do something, keep an eye on them. You never know exactly why they're they've altered their course you could just lean over and go you okay yeah yeah well or exactly yeah exactly because you you are think i on stage our first presumption is oh they forgot their lines mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they forgot their blocking but you're right pay attention get to know your actors well enough to know this like hey he's never done that before in 15 weeks of rehearsal <laughs> right mm-hmm. why is it suddenly why suddenly is, is he sitting down is yeah. something wrong yeah he might not have forgot. He might be having a stroke. You never know. That's strange. Yeah. And we've had... Brian doesn't take a second cup of coffee at home. <laughs> <laughs> Brian never sits down at home. <laughs> that's funny. Anyways. Uh, good job. Yeah, good but one. no, that's that's good. Be yeah. aware. You know, when you're on stage, you know, you're all in it together. Mm-hmm. Um, assume assume no ill intention. I, that's not oh, saying that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, assume everybody's intending to do good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um you know, sometimes uh, now sometimes people are just jerks. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to grab the spotlight they're not supposed to grab. But uh, well, <laughs> yes, yes, it's yes. horrible with fluorescent light. But we'll make it work. We'll make it work. <laughs> um, but but that that's very true. You know, sometimes maybe you maybe your actor's in in trouble too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they're wandering towards the pit, <laughs> pull them back. Pull them back. For God's sake, pull them back. <laughs> but no. So lots to think about. I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that. I think we've we've maybe not have exhausted this topic, but no, but I think we but we're done start. for today. Yeah, <laughs> we've exhausted <laughs> the audience. We exhausted the audience. Um, well, they can't all be winners, uh, but no, I, I think there's some things to I think, think about. Think, here. I think this yes. was a very good, a very good topic, very good. And I'm excited about our next couple too. Might I, um, if we can tease just a little what? bit? We can tease mm-hmm. things. Thank you. Been, <laughs> um, <laughs> you've written things down for the next time. Well, as, not that we've written anything down, except that next time we'll be our one year anniversary <gasps> year Ooh, what you get me what you get me yes and, and just what's, so what's you, one year paper yeah. i got you a script yeah, just so everyone knows <laughs> this was our big 3-0 today i yeah. got you a script of annie episode 30 yes this was this was uh yeah this was episode 3-0 30 but, but we're looking at the 
the one year anniversary, anniversary coming up. Yeah, we might have a very full house, as they would say. Maybe, maybe. I, I did get a chance to talk to Daniel Craig after the show. Did you? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Told you it wasn't him. I think I think you. I get your fifty that. bucks back. But yes, yes, we think we have some special surprises. No, still good. We're working on some special surprises for our one-year anniversary. Um, we, 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 frankly, I don't know. I, I, this is still a highlight of my month when we get together. To do yeah, this. definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, this is. I, I know. I have a surprise for us. Something that has been mentioned a few times that we're gonna do. I hope it's cake. I love cake. <laughs> well, if it if it was, it isn't now. <laughs> you ruined the surprise, Dave. <laughs> Anyway, that was it. Okay. Okay. Do we have a do we have a question? We do have a question. Okay. Oh, good. I was gonna, yes. I'm starting to make me think. Uh, no, because we shoot, keep forgetting the question. Know, so I was going to ask a different question because the question originally I was going to say is how's your personal physicality affected your acting? Um, but I, I thought of a better one during the show and I can't remember it now. So I guess we got to go back to that one. Uh oh. Um, so, so folks, uh, those of you who are actors out there, how do you think your physicality has affected your acting, or, or better yet? Give us your horror story of what horrible thing happened to you on stage that you just gutted it out and got it done anyway. And we will not take the answer of being on stage with anyone that's on this podcast right now. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're going to put limits on <laughs> Name a time that you you you, you overcame some physic, physical adversity. 3.45 p.m. Uh, we love to hear theater stories, and I don't think we ask for enough of them. Leave it on our Monroe Community Players page or on the groupies page or the uh, Monroe Community Play MCP podcast page. Um, and I don't know why I put away my script already, because you'd think after 30 episodes I'd have this memorized. <laughs> but it does look like we're all out of time. Uh, for this episode, I'd like to thank everyone for listening in, as we appreciate each and every one of you. If you like this po podcast, please like us, rate us, whatever you need to do on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. And please help spread the word that we are here. We are here. We are here. Uh, I think that's from that's Horton. Horton. Here's a who. That's Horton. <laughs> yeah. Um, check out the Mineral Community Players on our Facebook page and website at mineralcommunityplayers.org. And that's in Mineral, Michigan, folks. More groupies fun, which is probably using the term rather loosely. Add our MCP podcast page on Facebook. And please email us with your comments, your thoughts about this or any other episode at mineralcommunityplayers at yahoo.com. And be sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the podcast. The Art and Business of Community Theater has been a production of the Mineral Community Players and was recorded high atop the Benish Building at the Mineral Public Act cable television podcast studio also known as impact in beautiful downtown Monroe, michigan and what the heck are you smiling about Brian? bob's halfway out the door and you're still that's how we know it's time to go <laughs> we are the groupies <laughs> see you in the green room